0: Lisa and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined by my cookie-eating friend over here, <laughs> Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. How are you, Lisa?
1: Well, I just had coconut and <laughs> peanut butter, so I am very good right now. I
0: was just asking her if these were Girl Scout cookies, and they're not, so no, I'm not gluten-free. tempted. I'm not tempted well, Actually, I think they
1: make a gluten-free <laughs> one now, but I haven't had it.
0: Oh, well, they probably do. <laughs> all right, so this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss colored pencil every single week because this is a weekly show. This is the medium that we love so much. We love to talk about it. About all things in and around colored pencil and the colored pencil artist. So Lisa, what are we talking about today?
1: We're talking about when things go wrong on your art project.
0: Things are not always smooth. At all. <laughs> yeah, they're not.
1: First, when something looks off but you don't know why. The first thing that you need to do is identify the problem. Obviously, you know that, but you've got to figure out what it is that's off. It's it's pretty easy to look at something and go, okay, it doesn't look right. It's the why doesn't it look right answer that you've got to come up with. So some things that you can do for that. One, turn your work upside down, your work and your reference photo upside down. You will notice things you didn't, I mean, things that you didn't even think were off, you'll notice were off. And you want to make sure you're doing that while you're drawing your foundation as well. Well, and we'll come back into that, but make sure throughout the entire process, keep turning your work upside down. You will notice so many things.
0: All right. So next, take a photo of your work and just put it side by side and just take a look at it like in Photoshop or Pixlr or Paint.net or any kind of, you know, photo editing program and take a look at it and just see, you know, moving your eyes back and forth quickly and just try to determine what doesn't look right. And you can also do an overlay and use, you know, uh, turn down the opacity on one of the layers and take a look at it and see if you can tell if you can get them lined up correctly. And you should be able to do that if you're doing photorealism and be able to see you know where it might be off.
1: Next make sure that you're taking more time on your drawing. One of the most common things to happen when you know you something's off on your drawing more often than not, it comes down to the foundation drawing wasn't quite accurate. So what you want to do is make sure that you start with a really good drawing. Now use the tips we mentioned before. Turn your work upside down. Use a photo editor side by side with the reference photo. Make sure that Everything is perfect before you ever pick up the colored pencil. And one of the problems that I remember having when I first started with colored pencil, and you may—I don't know if you experience this, John—but I would draw things out on the same paper, my actual paper I was going to do the project on. That's where I did all my erasing, my changes, trying to fix mistakes. And my Mm -hmm. paper would have so many eraser smudges and pencil smudges, everything all over that it made it really hard for me to tell if everything was just right. So yeah, the colored pencil would cover those smudges, but it made it hard for me to tell if I had if okay is that which one's your roadmap
0: left? and which one is exactly. that kind of thing <laughs> yeah exactly
1: yeah. and so what I do now sometimes sometimes I trace sometimes I freehand depends on what mood I'm in uh, if I decide that I'm freehanding that day I'm going to draw it out on a new piece of paper a scratch piece of paper that is not my actual art project and then I'm going to transfer that image onto the canvas and for me I actually like to draw things digitally and then you I can just trace it off the monitor onto my art paper is more often than not how I do it. Another way you can do this is to trace your... You draw everything out on your good paper, take a photo of it, and then use a projector. If you've got that, you can project it onto your good art paper. Or again, take a photo of it, trace it off your computer monitor if you don't have a touch screen. Those are my pre- preferred methods. You can use transfer paper, but those lines tend to be hard to control to make sure they're really, really light. I know some artists who do amazing work with it. I know it can be done. I don't like using the transfer paper. I always end up too dark. I have yeah, a hard time getting that just right.
0: Yeah, I don't really like that either. Because w- one of the things I don't like about it is uh, the line quality. I just don't care for. Mm-hmm. And my line drawing, I like. I like it to suggest a little bit of the quality of the value, uh, just by the yes. thickness of the line yeah. and stuff like that. You know. And so sometimes you get that. Yeah. But I like so using those, are- those color erase pencils. Those those are erasable color pencils, and those work really well as an underpainting kind of thing, uh, just for your line. Uh huh. Because then you can erase it as you go. Yeah. You
1: know? But I would still generally put that on – if I'm freehanding, put that on another piece of paper because eraser marks – and every time you're erasing something too, that's the other thing. When you continuously have to erase and redo and then erase and redo, you end up damaging the tooth of the paper if you do it too much in any given area. So that's why you always want to draw it on a separate piece of paper, not your actual art project paper.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're even if you're tracing it, though, collar race is a really good one to use. But if it is a simple drawing, and you're not, you know, you're not going to be having to do a whole lot of you know changes to your freehand line drawing, then collar race is a good one to do. But yeah, if you got a lot of detail in there, yeah, you've got to get some kind of transfer process in place in order for that to turn out well. Before we move on to the next um, thing that can go wrong with your art project, I, I just want to say one thing here, just a word of encouragement. Because I go through this where you know if something does look off, sometimes I'll start beating myself up about it. I'm like, can I even draw hands? I mean I don't don't know if I can even do that. (laughs) You know, it's like I this doesn't look right. It'll never look right. I can't do this. And if I shift my language and I start saying, No, don't don't talk like that. I can do this. I've done it before. I can do it again. And And then I don't think about, you know, this is a thumb, this is a finger or whatever. The reason I'm using fingers and hands is because I'm drawing hands right now and it's driving me nuts. And I had to just think about the values and these inorganic type of shapes uh, and think of them as abstract objects and not as hands and fingers and all that and it started looking better when i did that so that's another little hack you can do good
1: tip with yourself yeah the way that you view things the attitude that you have going mm-hmm. in makes a huge 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 difference in your finished result
0: all right next If you're following an artist tutorial and they mention a specific color that you should use in the project and you don't have that color, the one that they list, you know, maybe it's like the the local color itself, you know, the predominant hue that you're going to be using, or maybe it's uh, one of the secondary colors and you don't have that one. So how do you make the decision on which substitute to go with? It depends on what it is. I mean, sometimes they'll describe it in the name of it itself, you know, but sometimes it may be kind of difficult you know if it's not dark blue or something like that and if it has this more arbitrary kind of name then the best thing I think to do is to look at the reference and then test on your separate sheet of paper and then use a color wheel if it gets you know really tricky and you know probably the family of whichever color it is you know whichever hue it is is it a green is it a blue is it Red, yellow, you know, whatever it is, and then think about whether it needs to be cool or warm, and then use your color wheel and think about, you know, what might go best. And then I would just pick about three or four different options, use that on a test paper, and see what you might come up with.
1: And you may be following a tutorial. I know this is one question that I get asked about mine all the time because I don't usually tell you what colors they are, or I use really technical terms like, I don't know, it's reddish-purple there's no pencil that I know of that's just called reddish purple. But what you want to do is go for close. Remember, the exact color isn't generally the thing that's so important. The thing that's so important is what you hear us talk all the time about, your values. How dark are your darks? How light are your lights? Look for something close. You know, sketch it on another another piece of paper to see if that's close to what you're doing, you may not even have the same brand of pencil that that artist is using. Just go with something close that really is good enough. It's easy to get too worked up about the colors and put too much importance on it. has to be the exact in order to be good. No, it doesn't. I'm actually planning. I was thinking about this the other day. I think, I think I'm going to do a giraffe or a tiger in nothing but purples, no oranges, just to prove it can still look realistic. It'll just look like he's under purple lighting. Mm-hmm. Go for, but in this case, if you're following a tutorial, go for close. Close really is good enough.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, And with time, I mean, you will gain the confidence to just make a decision and go with it. Um, But. Again, always test. I can't stress that enough. Test, test, test on a separate sheet of paper before you land on your project.
1: And I like to have that separate piece of paper be the same type of paper that I'm working on because sometimes the colors will react different on different types of paper.
0: Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Always sacrifice the same type of paper that you're using. And
1: you only need a sliver. So with me, Mm -hmm. I usually use the Fabriano Artistico or the big sheets of Stonehenge. I'll just cut a sliver of that off to use as my test. Next. You sprayed fixative, and now your entire drawing is peeling. First, always test the spray. Always, I I cannot stress this enough. Always, Mm -hmm. always, always test on a scratch piece of paper. Well, ideally, the same paper you're working on. It's the same concept. But something that you've done a test on, don't test on your actual project first. You need to test it, because some sprays can cause certain colors to bleed. It can cause color shifting. It can cause just horrible chemical reactions, because it doesn't play nice with certain pencils always do a, a, words are, are, are troubling me today, always do a test spray on another piece of paper, same pencil, same paper, to find out before you find out on the work that you just spent weeks and weeks and weeks on.
0: Now, and here's the other thing, follow the directions on the can and do that on your test paper. You know, don't get too close to your paper whenever you're spraying it, make sure that you're, you're very calm and you're, uh, I'm laughing because you know I, I've seen these questions come up on social media quite a bit. Like I went out and sprayed it real quick, came back, and all of a sudden everything's peeling up. Like yeah, that you got to take your time. You as much time as you worked at this drawing. It deserves some time whenever you're trying to, you know, use this fixative to spray it. So use, you know, some care. Don't get too close to your paper. Use a sweeping motion. And it takes a whole bunch of, you know, many light layers it and really in different directions. Once. Not all at once because you have to allow for that drying time. It it can take hours if, you know, it depends on how, how you're doing it and how many layers you want. How big your project is. I mean, there's a lot of factors. But, yeah, it take your time and do it you know do it really really well the uh, The other thing about that is that I wanted to say is that okay say you've already got the problem you know you created the problem however you got there you've got the problem where it's it's peeling it's a disaster and you're scared it's just gonna you know the entire uh, drawing is just going to peel away okay so the same thing is true then with testing beforehand you can test afterwards too you can go create a similar situation on a different sheet of paper, the same type of paper that you were using, take it and then recreate that problem. Think about how you created that problem, recreate it again, and then see what will work with trying to correct it on that test sheet of paper. If you've got it now peeling as well.
1: Now for me, if I had that happen, I wouldn't sell the work. Under any circumstance, right. because yeah. even you if you get over. it to, yeah, I would start over because if you get it to stop peeling, it may start up again. You don't mm-hmm. know. I, I would just not be comfortable with selling something that that happened. I wouldn't throw it away. I would keep it. If nothing else, I could so show it to photos of that later on as what not to do. But I think one of the most common causes for that is that people will spray way too heavy. So they end up with trying to create almost like a resin-like glossy finish you don't want to do that. You want really, really light. Yeah, very, very light layers. That's you you're you're not creating this gloss that looks like like an acrylic pour that super shiny resin look. That's not what you're doing here.
0: Yeah. And you know, some other real simple things. I mean, just look at the nozzle, make sure that it is free and clear and it's not clogged, that kind of thing. But yeah, make sure that it's completely dry before you start adding your next layer and keep a level head about it and try to recreate the problem on another test sheet of Paper.
1: Here's a thing to remember in general about art you are going to have situations like that happen in time, whether you accidentally ripped the paper because of the tape you were using, because whatever, you will have situations where something gets ruined. If you kind of expect that and know that, it's not as, um,
0: Frightening. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, you're yeah. going to have times where these things happen. Don't right. let don't let it make you give up. I've seen where people yeah. or artists, especially newer artists, they had something go wrong and then they never wanted to paint again. Yeah. And it's like, no, don't give up. This this happens. This is part this is of the part of
0: the journey. Process. Yeah, the and amount like, I
1: have canvases here that I've just kept for myself because I screwed something up in the varnishing. I screwed something up somewhere. You know. Now I know what not to do, so that's a good thing. I'm not going to be able to sell that work. I can give it to a family member, but, you know, don't give up because of that. It happens to all of us sooner or later.
0: Yeah, you just go into engineering mode. You know, you try to problem solve is all you do. Okay, the next problem. The client doesn't like something about the commission piece that I'm working on, but they can't tell me what the exact problem is. Um, Some examples that I've had in the past were, uh, well, the expression on the cat looks angry, and he's a very calm, uh, happy cat. Why is he looking angry, you know? Or my husband's neck is actually uh, too fat on your drawing. He wants that a little bit slimmer. Uh, These are actual things that have happened on commission pieces that I've done in the past. So, And I'm sure if you do commissions that you've had similar things happen to you as well. So one of the things that you can do right from the very beginning is be very clear with them about how many progress updates you're going to be giving them and then how many times they can request some type of change or you know that they can critique it and say something doesn't look right and there is a point of no return. And I always try to talk them through that at the beginning and let them know during the line drawing process and then maybe with a light layer, that's the time that maybe I can change something. But I usually don't wanna even talk about that. If it gets too far in the drawing process, I'm not gonna change anything. There's nothing that can be changed. And I just set the clear expectations at the beginning of the project. And it's a relationship with this uh, particular client. And you just let them know through open, clear communication, right? Communication's a key, right? With any of this kind of stuff, you're working together with this person. And so if you give them regular progress updates and you're excited about the project and you let them know, here it is, this is exciting, look how he's coming along or whatever, they'll be excited about it more than likely as well.
1: Yeah, and I'm a little hesitant, though, with the in-progress stuff. I try to be careful on which At which stages that I share with a client. Now, I post everything on social media. So my clients always saw where I was in that. But you've got to be careful because if you post at certain stages, it may scare them. If they see something, they may never get that vision out of their head. They're only going to see that ugly stage. So you might want to be careful about which stages you're posting. So with colored pencil, I think it's a little bit easier because we typically will finish one area of the face before we move on to the next area of the face before we move on to the next area. So we don't have a lot of scary, you know, it's not the entire thing looks scary all along. So if you can show them when one little area is finished, I think that's a little bit safer than you've got a light layer of skin all over the place, but obviously you know it's not the right value yet. You, it's not supposed to be. But if you show them that, they may not know that and they may automatically start doubting your skill level. So just be aware of what stages you show them. I would The drawing stage, I think, is really good. The outline stage. Make sure that's right. So in that case, with somebody who felt that the husband's neck came out too big, you can you may be able to correct at that point in the line drawing, but once I would let them know, once you start painting, once you start shading that in with that pencil, those changes, you, you can't do anything about at that point.
0: Yeah, and actually you had a fat neck. So it, I mean, just, you know, it was it wasn't wrong. But but here's the other thing about it. If you're doing you're drawing commissions of people and doing portraits, one of the things I would suggest and this is what I've always tried to do is do the eyes early on because people will look at the eyes yeah. and they're not going to be as concerned about all those other details like we are. So just keep that in mind. Another thing to do is if they have a criticism and if you allow that, Listen to the criticism. Don't just get defensive about it because sometimes they might be right because we get so involved. We're, we've are we got our nose in our project, and sometimes we're not able to step back and look at it very objectively, and they can sometimes. Now, they can't always. You are the artist. You are the one who, you know, they hired you to create this. And so you have to remember that as well and be confident in what you're doing. Yes. I mean, there
1: was was actually one, one of the last portraits um, before I stopped taking commissions that I did was of a Corgi. Beautiful photo, the background with the flowers, gorgeous. Well, my computer monitor wasn't displaying the coat color accurately it was showing it I forget if it was too yellow or too purplish or you know too close had too much Mm -hmm. of that in it or too red there was something it was too much they were like well they liked the painting but the color of their dog seemed off that's a valid complaint and that is not their fault and if that meant I had to start over then I was going to start over because that they didn't pay me for my computer monitors issues I didn't realize well, yeah. I was having the problem at the time, and late, you know, I I compared it onto another monitor and went, "Oh crap, mm-hmm. my monitor is causing issues." So if I would have gone into that being defensive, well, that's what the photo looked like. Right, I would have been in the wrong and looked like an absolute idiot. Luckily, this was an easy thing for me to adjust the color on, so it was no problem at all. It was very very easy to correct. But don't go into it. I've seen that a lot where artists are complaining about the clients and they're being too defensive because I mean, our art is our baby. There's something very personal about that thing that we're creating, and it's kind of like offending somebody's mom. You don't do it. And you, you feel like that with our art sometimes. But when we're taking commissions, we have to get over that a bit and underst- you know, understand where the person is coming from, and especially if it's a valid complaint. I mean, let's say you drew the eyes too close together. That is a valid complaint. If the color was off, again, valid complaint. There are mm-hmm. things that I consider valid complaints and things like you drew the neck accurately and they think it's too fat and they don't want to admit that maybe their husband is just, that's what his neck looks like. I don't know. That sounds really harsh. But I mean, it, that was something but that I mean, wouldn't consider as valid I can say that because I got something. a fat neck, so. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't consider that as valid of a complaint as, you know, I drew the eyes wrong. I actually did something that was off. There's There's gotta be a difference there. And I think you need to be willing to accept the fact that you might be, decide if this is something that is that you did wrong. And if you did it wrong, maybe if it means you have to start from scratch, that may be the thing to do. And- Just be a little bit more careful about those things. Again, eyes too close, too far apart, one bigger than – I mean, things like that, that's on you, not the client at that point. And so I think even if you told them to start with, I'm going to allow this many changes, if you screwed something like that up, let's say you rushed. Let's say you were just not in the mood to draw that night. You didn't do a great job. Be willing to admit that about yourself so that you can build a good reputation for yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another thing you could do getting back to a color issue or something like that is you could invest in a color calibration uh, monitor tool. You could do that. But another thing to do is it you've got to look at it on other screens and look at it on your tablet look at it on your phone look at it on a second monitor things like that you know look at it on your desktop and on your laptop things like that and get a different you know uh way of viewing it because that's typically especially if it's long distance that's typically how you're you know you're showing your updates all right so maybe you have something that you uh, feel like we didn't address and uh, something went wrong in your art project, and we'd love to hear that. You can comment in the show notes over at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast, or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Lisa's at Lockery. I'm at artist. If you like the show, tell someone else about the show, or you can go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling themselves nowadays, and leave us a rating and or a review, and we would appreciate that. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye.